0: a firefighter and an ems professional you put your life on the line every day for others you are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you deserve better we are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it let's work to improve and change the status quo that change starts with us right here right now civilize your mind but make savage your body do more be more be ignited good afternoon everyone my name is ryan rodriguez and i'm the founder and your host for the ignited firefighter podcast this podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true sense of brotherhood among the firefighting community in each of these episodes we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally even though the focus is on the fire service Topics and principles we discuss span all kinds of professions. So, that being said, let's get started. Today, we're going to discuss three ways to fight biased leaders within our organizations. I'm going to identify these biases, and then I'm going to provide you with a set of tools for battling them that I call the key three. First off, every human being needs to believe that the person they're working for gives a crap about them. What do our organizational leaders do to let us know that we are their number one priority? If anything, do they do anything to let you know that? Do you feel that they actually believe that? Southwest Airlines doesn't put their customers first. And I know I've talked about Southwest Airlines before, but they are a great customer service model because they put their employees first. Southwest Airlines is one of the top performing companies when it comes to customer and employee satisfaction. And that is the reason why happy employees who feel cared about and invested in relay that satisfaction and joy to the people that they serve. Those kind of people. Want to share that kind of feeling. Sometimes the attitudes spread by our leaders are negative and unhappy ones. They're bitter, they're burned out. And if the leaders within our organizations are unhappy, then guess what? They're going to make everyone else around them unhappy as well. They set the tone for the organization. The thing that you need to ask yourself is Am I contributing to an organizationally unhealthy environment? And if you're finding yourself burned out or saying things like, well, it's not my problem, then you are the problem. The position allows them to set the tone. However, you can take some ownership and set the tone for your crew and set the tone for your immediate vicinity. I'm not saying do this all at once. And I'm definitely not saying that you should have an all or nothing attitude. What I am saying is that this takes some. This takes some time and that you just need to take some small steps to affect your immediate surroundings. The good news is you don't have to be in a position of leadership to be a leader. You can influence those around you uh, to work together and create your own smaller community within your organization. One that shares the same goals that ultimately line up with the true mission, vision, and values of the organization, regardless of whether or not people in leadership roles Recognize them. I'm not saying that you should create a defiant clique, but I am saying that you should rally those who share your passion for the job and have a desire to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Let's talk about these biased roadblocks that we face. These biases prevent leaders from understanding why low morale exists within their organization, as well as showcases their inability. To bring people together so let's go through these there are four of them that i've been able to identify just merely off of my own observations so the first one i want to talk about is the experience slash education bias so when people think that their experience should be all that matters that's what this is indicative of so you have sometimes you have uh, two groups of people within the fire service you have people who believe that experience is the only thing that matters And then you have people who tend to think that your education level is what matters and is what should propel you to the top. However, what they don't understand is that it's a combination of both A and B. What matters is your ability to logistically think through processes. So let's let's dive a little bit deeper into this uh, experience slash education bias. So on the experience side, like I'd mentioned, uh, these are the people that think that their experience should be the end all be all and it should be all that matters well i 've been here for twenty years, and that 's what makes me good at this. Well, no, not necessarily, just because you 've been here for twenty years and sitting on your butt doesn 't mean you 're a good leader of any kind. Uh, these people typically downplay education if not uh, completely disregard it. They want their time to mean something simply by just being there they don't want to have to make that time count for something the experience bias is displayed when people rest on their laurels and act as if their time in the uniform is what makes them qualified to lead and this is simply not true it's how that time has been spent that matters for example if you have a promotional process going on and it's come down to two candidates They've both got the same amount of time, but one has spent the last four years earning a bachelor's degree and the other hasn't. Does this make that person with the bachelor's degree more qualified for the position? No, not necessarily. However, it does display that that person understands the value of time and is interested in being an asset versus a liability. The knowledge gained through education is an experience in itself And on the flip side of that, on the education side, ultimately, isn't gaining a formal education experience in itself, just like I said. So if you have a college degree and feel like you should be considered over an experienced person, simply because of that, you are disregarding valuable experience. It goes both ways. It's not one or the other. These things work together. If you're looking to become an officer in the fire service, What good is a degree in zoology going to do for you or for your organization? That does nothing to help the cause. All it does is give you a piece of paper saying that you spent this money and spent this time studying this specific topic. But if that topic isn't relative to what the hell you're doing, then what good is it? This is a perfect example of how these biases come into play. On one end of the spectrum, you have the people who champion experience without utilizing their time in a more productive manner. And on the other end, you have the people who champion pieces of paper that are irrelevant to the mission, vision, and values of the organization. Let's talk about the next bias that I've observed. It's called adrenaline bias. These people are hungry to implement something right away. Now, in my previous podcast, you've heard me talk about what it means to be humble, hungry, and smart, and that those are the keys to the ideal team player. So just a, a quick review. Humble, I think that kind of speaks for itself. Humble, but not weak. Uh, hungry is that you're you're hungry to uh, attain certain levels of success. And smart means that you are able to deal with people. Not necessarily that you're book smart, but that you're smart enough to deal with people and know what's appropriate and what isn't. Um, the adrenaline bias shows... Those people who are hungry, but not humble or smart. They aren't interested in whether or not a program or product they want to purchase will benefit the organization or the people they serve. They, they usually just want to implement something that will pad their ego, which is usually the driving force behind the hungry person. Um, those people, like I said, they do not display humility or a level of smartness. This bias is obviously displayed in the spending of money and valuable time working towards something with little to no payout in the long run. People displaying an adrenaline bias will grasp and, and crawl toward their goal, no matter the cost. And, it, and it's pretty, pretty disheartening to watch leaders do this because it's it's such an obvious display of trying to sew so a badge on their sash, that's needless and it doesn't do anything for anyone other than, hey, look what I did. But if, it, if what you've done doesn't serve the people you work for, then what good is it? Moving on. Quantification bias. These people are focused on numbers, numbers, numbers. Uh, people who are focused on numbers for numbers sake will soon find themselves alone and isolated with nothing but their calculator to keep them warm. If you were to ask Chick-fil-A or Southwest Airlines uh, CEOs what the ROI, the return on investment is for customer satisfaction, they will tell you that it is everything. You can't measure that. It's immeasurable. However, it's everything to those businesses. You can never measure this, which is why every interaction is so important every time we run a 911 call it is so important to make sure that we are kind compassionate and professional this this rings true because we see people on their worst days we see people on the worst possibly potentially the worst day of their lives we're called into these people's lives on possibly the worst day of their lives and it's our job to take the sourest lemons that Life has had to offer, and try to turn it into something resembling lemonade. Sometimes we feel helpless in the situations that we see, but a lot of times, just being there and letting those people know that they aren't alone is enough to see them through. Now, if we were focused on numbers, if we were focused on measuring uh, our our time or, um, like, let's say our time spent on that call, if we're like, "Well, we got to go, we got to get to the next call." we got to make ourselves available so we can be ready for the next call. Does that display a level of care to these people? That, that's not compassion at all. Um, these quantification biases are usually easily identified by people's focus on numbers and time and things that are readily measurable. The last thing I want to talk about um, is something I just learned about within the last five years and it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, In the field of psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people mistakenly assess their cognitive ability as greater than it is. It's related to the cognitive bias of false superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their lack of ability. (laughs) So in layman's terms, This is someone who thinks that they're amazing at something while everyone around them knows that they are not. It is painfully obvious that these people are not good at what they do. However, they firmly believe that they are. Uh, One of the examples uh, that perfectly displays this is uh, in one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's called Hot Rod. And it's about a wannabe stuntman who thinks he's incredible at performing these stunts. But he is so bad at it, uh, which makes for a hilarious movie. And while his commitment and intention is admirable, his execution is haphazard. And if you want to take a serious note on it, extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. While watching a movie about this is hilarious, seeing this displayed by the leaders of our organizations is serious cause for concern. Especially in the fire service where lives are on the line. Let's move on to ways that we can fight these biased leaders. Now, what I'm going to talk about is what I refer to as the key three. These are things that I've come up with um, through Ignited to help my clients and help the people that I work with better their situations by bettering themselves. So these methods are made to help create an environment where, there's bias, where those biases cannot exist, let alone thrive. So here they are. Light the spark. It's the first step. Light the spark. To do that, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to identify your strengths and your weaknesses. And the only way to do this without a bias is to get some self-assessments you can do you can do a self-assessment um, but what I like to do is is do a 360 evaluation and that removes that level of um, self bias that you might have so one of the ways you can perform a 360 evaluation is just keep it simple ask the people you work with ask your crew what's one thing I do that you like then ask them what's one thing I do that you don't like And be willing to have an open conversation about this. Don't take things personal. Use it as constructive criticism. If there's something that they're able to help you identify that you just aren't aware of, then you're going to be all the better for it. Um, one of the self assessments you can do on your own is called the Myers-Briggs type indicator, MBTI, and you can find it online. Um, you just type that in, just Google that. This, uh, Type indicator will help you identify how you operate and what characteristic traits you can pay attention to in order to make sure that you're being the crew member you would want on your crew. This doesn't mean doubling down on your current behavior and hunkering in. That's not what this means. This means that you need to make yourself aware of your characteristic traits so you can make a conscious effort to throttle back on any negative perceptions and focus on the more positive and productive ones. Uh, Another way that you can light the spark and humble yourself is to serve those around you. Ego has no room to grow when you foster a servant's heart. And make no mistake, ego is the enemy. Once people start going down that road, they will completely disregard other people in pursuit of their own interests. This is the hungry person. This is the hungry person that isn't humble or smart. Avoid that at all costs. Second part of the key three, stoke the flame. One small way that you can do this is to read a book, particularly a nonfiction book. Now, I absolutely love fiction books. Incredible lessons can be learned from the creative storytelling of people like J.R.R. Tolkien and Cormac McCarthy. However, you should also curate an affinity Toward nonfiction. Nonfiction gives you insight into science, psychology, philosophy, and gen and, and provides you with a general understanding of the world around you. When it comes to nonfiction books in regards to teamwork, I can't recommend this book enough. Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. By understanding what hinders progress when it comes to teamwork, you will be hypersensitive to being able to not only identify dysfunction when it rears its ugly head, but you'll be well-equipped to stamp it out. And the last part of the key three is to pass the torch. Take what's worked for you and share the process. Knowledge not shared is knowledge wasted. Use this as an opportunity for being an agent for positive change where you're at. Share what you've learned with your crew. Seek out an opportunity to sit down with them and talk openly about what you've learned as well as what concerns you may have in regards to the challenges facing them. Like I've said before, you've got to start small. Make small changes within your sphere of influence. Build trust there. Work hard and focus on building trust there. And soon, it'll bleed over to larger groups. People won't be able to help but pay attention to what's going on. They won't be able to to help but pay attention to what you're doing. Advocates or antagonists, they will be paying attention. Trust me. So the key three, light the spark, stoke the flame, and pass the torch. You should see the role as leader as a responsibility and not a reward. If the leaders of your organization are sitting back and basking in the light of not having to do anything because they're at the top of the mountain, it's time for you to hunker down and do the work to knock that person on their ass. If you believe in your organization and what you do, it's your responsibility to be the light in the darkness. When you pay attention to what's going on and aren't willing to follow the status quo, you light the way to something greater. Light the spark. Stoke that flame by learning what you can about yourself. Learn about your strengths as well as your weaknesses. This knowledge is going to help you identify what you can do to change your environment. It gives you the power to do so. This is where true change happens, guys. If you've gotten a clear vision for how you want your crew or organization to operate, it's your duty to pass the torch. If you see a need, Act guys, as always, thanks for listening. I hope as we get further along in this effort we become closer to our crew members, our friends, and our families. It's important for us to discuss the things that challenge us in the field and maybe even challenging us at home. Do me a favor, please subscribe and share this episode with someone you think should hear it. As we delve deeper into these challenges we face as firefighters and first responders, we can come together and help each other learn and improve. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. And I also wanted to invite you to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group I'm going to be uh, revealing a 12-day leadership challenge very soon, so be sure to join the group and keep an eye out for any announcements on that. Until next time, if you see something that needs to be changed or addressed, own it. Thanks for listening, guys.